This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How was your Easter? How was your week? My week's been really good. Um, got a little bit of an allergy attack going on, so I got my little illness voice happening. Easter was lovely. My family was here. Um, how was your trip to Michigan? It was great. Got to spend time with family and friends that I haven't seen in a while. And the kids got to play together and stuff like that. And Easter Bunny ended up being pretty busy going from Tennessee to Michigan, but we made it work. So it's really good. And I heard your hogs total came in. You know where you ended, how much money you raised. Talked a little bit about that. Hogs went really well this year. Um, we raised the most we've ever done over $50,000 without any corporate sponsorship. So that's huge. Um, we got top three in our fan favorite category, uh, which is where we placed last year. It's about 90 teams that uh, compete at the festival. Our captain got inducted into the Hog of Fame. That's kind of for somebody who goes above and beyond and really tries to get her team together and raise money and awareness uh, for pediatric brain cancer. So we had a really successful year, a lot of fun, a lot of new members this year. So that was really cool. Exhausted is an understatement, but it went really, really well. And it was all for the kids. Well, that is awesome. And I know how much work you put into it and how you and the team try to be ready. So coming in that top three is absolutely awesome. And $50,000, I mean, that's no joke, especially without any kind of big sponsor or anything like that. So very, very proud. Glad that you were able to do something so good for the kids. And again, if you're a member of our community who donated, thank you so much because that wouldn't have been possible without you. So really, really do appreciate it. Yes. Thank you to everyone in the Check the Locks family that donated. Well, this week, we are short on time. It is after Easter. I've eaten a lot of chocolate, a lot of hollow bunnies. I am just tired. I've been flying. It's a short on time episode. I don't have a lot of time. You have no voice, so you have no time. And I know our (laughs) listeners are probably like, let's get to it. So this is your short on time episode. Talk to us a little bit about what we're going to be diving into. 
So this week's short on time is about the disappearance of Anna Walsh, the mother who uh, disappeared right outside of Boston earlier this year. I don't know if anybody's familiar with this case or if you've heard of it before. I am not, actually. I saw your notes and I didn't even realize this was anything that has happened recently. So I'm really excited to dive in and learn a little bit more. Yeah, so this will be another active ongoing case. So we'll definitely have to check back in once things start happening. So I'm going to talk about Anna Walsh as if she is no longer with us. Um, it kind of seems as the case goes into detail that her body hasn't been found, but there's a lot of evidence that is um, pointing to the fact that Anna may not be with us anymore. Yeah, and these are always rough ones because we've talked about cases like this where it is firmly believed that the victim has passed away, but we don't have a body. So it's hard to say for sure. But I think erring on the side of caution and just making sure that we're given that preemptive is probably the best way to go. So Anna Walsh was reported missing on January 4th, 2023, when she did not return to work after the New Year holiday. Anna was a 39-year-old loving mother. She had three boys between the ages of two and six years old. She worked in Washington, D.C. as a real estate investment manager. Anna and her husband, Brian, originally met in 2008 while she was working at a hotel in the Berkshires, a northeastern vacation spot in Massachusetts. The pair married in Serbia, where Anna was originally from, in 2015. She worked in Washington, D.C. during the week, and the couple had a townhouse in the area. She was a member of an organization for immigrants in America called the Sky International Center. On the surface, everything seemed fine but friends of the couple said their marriage was strained as a result of Anna's work schedule in a different city. In fact, the pair spent much of their time living separately. Brian Walsh told police he last saw his wife the morning of January 1st when she left their home in a car to head to the airport for a flight to D.C. Brian told police that later in the day he ran errands for his mother and went for ice cream with one of the kids. So I have to stop you right here because I don't know if you remember this, but we did the disappearance of Tara Grant Mm -hmm. out of Michigan Mm -hmm. And it was a very similar situation. In that case, I believe she was working in Puerto Rico. If I remember correctly, I'd have to go back and double check. But there was a lot of strain in her relationship with Stephen Grant because of the work travel. He was home with the kids and stuff like that. So if this family has a crazy babysitter or some kind of affair angle to it, I'm going to, my mind's just going to be blown. I don't know if that's where it's going. (laughs) But as you were going through, I'm like, this is almost, yeah, we got into a fight. She left in the car. She was heading to the airport and I never saw her again. So it's very interesting. Well, we might get to that. And who knows? Who knows? At this point in the investigation, detectives could find no evidence that Anna took a ride or made it to the airport. There was also no evidence to support Brian's story of running errands for his mother. However, detectives did find something that raised their suspicions. Surveillance footage of Brian at a Home Depot. He was wearing a surgical mask and gloves, and he was seen in the video purchasing $450 worth of cleaning supplies, tarps, and buckets. The transaction was paid in cash on January 2nd. Eight days later, Brian was arrested on suspicion that he misled police in the investigation. He was originally held on a $500,000 bond. Now, police may not have found Anna's body, but there's a lot of physical evidence indicating Brian Walsh had something to do with her disappearance. Detectives initially found blood, a bloody knife, another knife, a heavy-duty tarp, and plastic liners in the basement of the Walsh home. Authorities also searched through the local transfer stations for waste. In that search, they found Anna's COVID vaccination card, a hatchet, a hacksaw, a rug, and cleaning supplies. All of the evidence is currently waiting for DNA testing. iPads and computers from the Walsh residence were also collected, and it was then police made another shocking discovery. Disturbing Google searches on the couple's young son's iPad containing the following. Now, these are all quotes of the Google searches that he um, was looking for. How long before a body starts to smell? How to stop a body from decomposing? 
How to embalm a body. 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. Dismemberment. What happens when you put body parts in ammonia? Hacksaw best tool to dismember. Can you be charged with murder without a body? Okay, I have to stop right there. Okay. Because these are some crazy Google searches. And I think there's also another level of deviance to this because it's obvious your kids are between the ages of two and six. So it's obvious that it's not a four-year-old kid being like, how to stop a body from decomposing. This guy is obviously trying to hide it. Whoever did these searches is obviously trying to hide it by doing it from one of the kids devices instead of a device that would normally be looked at first. So it's like, that doesn't look so good. Right, right. Everybody's everybody's innocent until proven guilty. But I mean, these uh, Google searches on the kids' iPads not looking so hot for Brian. Yeah, and do you think it's going to be like a ranker list that pops up? You know what I mean? Like 10 best vacation spots or like, <laughs> right. like a BuzzFeed article? Like what are right. you expecting to get? Yeah, I don't think those are the advertisements the kid's seeing on the iPad. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, prosecutors believe that Brian was unhappy in the marriage and wanted out. Google searches for the best state to divorce went back to December 27th, 2022. Now on January 17th, after all the evidence was compiled, Brian Walsh was charged with murder of his wife, Anna. He was actually indicted on Tuesday, March 28th for first-degree murder. He currently remains held without bail. In Massachusetts, a conviction of murder in the first degree carries a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, the couple's three children are currently in the custody of the State Department of Children and Families, but I was reading something that said that her friends were trying to get custody of the kids because her mother is still in Serbia. Yeah, I can imagine being an immigrant And if something were to happen to your parents and like all of your extended family is out of the country, Mm -hmm. you know, that'd be a set of challenges that I don't think anybody would really be prepared for, you know? And I also wonder that if he did this, if this is something that was considered in that planning, well, it's like, well, it's not like the kids can go with her family. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I don't know what else will come out as time goes on and more details are told to the public, but there's no telling what other things they will find along the way. I will say that Brian Walsh is no stranger to legal trouble. Um, I found a couple things that said in 2018, he was convicted of fraud for stealing and attempting to sell two fake Andy Warhol paintings. Brian's apparently from a very wealthy family and he's currently estranged from them. And probably, I think it was probably before all of this happened, but they accused him of stealing millions from his father after his dad had a stroke. So he's, you know, not the top notch citizen, you know, he's had his fair share of fraud and lying and stealing. Yeah. And this is definitely a crazy story. I mean, I know that's really about where we are for now, but art forgery is like no joke because those Andy Warhol paintings, they go for a lot of money. Yeah. And so if you're, you know, someone who is kind of duped by this guy or you put money into that only to find out, like I'd definitely be going after him. So I know everybody is innocent until proven guilty. And we always say that anything that we talk about during this is alleged. But I will say, like I tend to say in these situations, the evidence does not look to be in his favor. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be really hard to be like, no, I didn't do those Google searches. And, you know. I'm really wondering what is going to happen when the DNA comes back, especially with the cold cases that we've been doing lately. Like we know that DNA seals the deal. So, well, I mean, if, they found the blood and the bloody knife and things inside their basement. So they're going to get DNA evidence back from that. It's just a matter of is his DNA mixed in on us? Is his on there as well? 
Right. Or did he bleach everything and they see blood, but they can't get DNA out of it, which with everything they found, I feel like it's going to be hard to not get any sample out of it. They're checking like the trash, like the local dumpsters, like 45 minutes away, um, because apparently his mom lives about 45 minutes outside of town. um, And he claims he was there running errands for her that day. Well, they've checked the trash, big local trash. They have actually found things. They believe that some of the bags have already been disintegrated. They've seen him on video surveillances, like dumping trash bags at different dumpster locations. So, so far they haven't found anything of Anna, but yeah, like you said, the physical evidence and the other things they have found are really not painting a very good picture for him. Well, just the Home Depot footage alone. And in cash and wearing a mask and gloves in Home Depot. Right. And especially if you buy all that stuff and then the police come to your house and you can't show them like, oh, I was doing a flower garden and here's that tarp. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, where's all this stuff, Brian? (laughs) I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not. I mean, I could have just went to Home Depot and bought all of these things for our hogs for the cause tent, but (laughs) maybe not a hacksaw, but. (laughs) <laughs> but still, there would have been plenty of people that were like, she bought a tarp and like was here for hogs for everything that she bought. She used here. Right, Not right. like, you know, I don't know. It, it really does remind me of that Tara Grant disappearance. And because he did the same thing, he, you know, different dumpsters and then took her body to the machine shop that his father owned. It's a lot of parallels. It's, it's kind of creepy how coincidental both cases are. And who knows if there's any infidelity that will come out of this. You know, obviously she was working, seems like a Monday through Friday in Washington, D.C. They lived outside of Boston, you know, doing the commute. He was with the kids. It sounded like she was in Washington, D.C. And, you know, they spent a lot of time apart. So who knows what all will come from this. But I'm interested to see what all pans out and kind of keep tabs on this. And I will definitely do an update. Yeah, I definitely want to hear it. And it's. It's just another one of those, like, if you don't want to be married, like, get a divorce. Just, yeah, go back to your December 27th Google search or what? what's the best date to get a divorce in? Yeah, break up, don't murder. Don't make it a murder court. <laughs> it doesn't work. Don't go to murder court. Well, do you want to talk deadbolt test? Because I've been thinking about it as we went through and kind of got an idea where I'm sitting, so. Yeah, I'm ready. I think I'm going to place this. Well, let's go with you first. Let's go with where you're at first. This was okay. my case. Where are you? I'm going to put this, I think, probably about a four because I don't think Kara would ever try to murder me unless I did something to elicit her wanting to murder me. But if it was just like she didn't want to be with me anymore, she'd be like, I don't want to be with you anymore. She (laughs) has no problem just, you know, telling me how she feels, which I appreciate in our relationship. Right. But I think the only reason I'm putting it at four is, and not even lower than that, is that you just never know, man. You never know what's in somebody's head. You know, did this lady think that like, oh yeah, this is rough, but it's temporary. I've got this job and I'm working here now, but who knows how long, you know, it's like a a season of your life and we're going to get through it. And meanwhile, he's like, how do you dispose of a body? You know what I mean? You just, you don't know. So I think for me, that's where the four comes in. Cause if it wasn't for that, I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a two or a one or two, but it's that element that kind of bumps it up to where it is for me. But what about you? Where are you at? I think the more I keep doing these spouses murdering their significant others, spouses murdering spouses, I should say, even though Brian's innocent until proven guilty, but I'm kind of going to, I'm going to put this at an eight. This makes me really nervous to dump, jump into dating and trusting somebody. I hope that the person that I am meant to be with is not a murderer or a sociopath or really hates me so much that he needs to murder me. But these are kind of creeping me out the more that I find that husbands kill their wives more often than we think. So I'm going to put it at an eight. 
Yeah, it's way more common than you think, which is <laughs> way more, <laughs> you know. Now, if this was a wife killing her husband, I might be like mm, six, seven. But right. you know, it definitely <laughs> seems to be one sided. I'm like, no, me and the cats and the dog are doing pretty good by ourselves for right now. Yeah, it's still I tell myself all the time because you do this podcast and you're we're, I mean, we're looking up terrible things nonstop. <sighs> you know what I mean? It's like I'm either at work or I'm reading about something terrible that's happened to like one person or multiple people. That's my yeah. life. And then I get to hang yeah. out with my wife, and my kid. So for me, I have to rationalize and be like, it's a statistics game. Like what are the odds that, you know, something is actually going to happen. And hopefully that doesn't ever come back to bite me in the ass. Cause that's like, you know, just what are the odds? statistics, but like, that's the way I have to rationalize it in my head. But yeah, if this was a woman being like her husband was snoring, so she took a hacksaw. <laughs> I'd be like, I could relate. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, anyways, that's all I got for this week, John. Well, that is where we fall in the deadbolt test. But as always, we want to know where does the disappearance, suspected murder of Anna Walsh fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. We would absolutely love to have you. And as always, if you are interested in supporting Check the Locks financially, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Sign up today. We have a lot of great tiers. We got exclusive merch, stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all stuff that you can only get from being a patron. So if you like what we do, you want to help us keep the lights on, that is the best way to do it. And of course, if you cannot financially support the show, we definitely understand the times are what they are. And we just want to let you know that listening, sharing the show with your friends or family means just as much, if not more than being part of that patron family. So if you like what we're doing, you come back, you listen every week, share the show with your friends, drop them a link. We would love to have your family be part of ours. We just want to get this out in front of as many people as possible, grow our audience and grow our family. That is this week's case, but remember, make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We will see you next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case, but until then, don't forget to check the locks. We'll see you next week. Yippity.